I'm going to be reading uh, from two books of the Bible, one in the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, and one in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, that coincidentally happens to be two of the Bible studies that we're going to be studying this fall. Come in Wednesday, uh, starting in September, we'll be studying the Gospel of John, and then in our Tuesday afternoon Bible study and in our Sunday school class, we'll be studying the book of Psalms. Psalms 46, 10, 11 says, He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then in John, the 8th chapter, some selected verses. To the Jews who believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And then in John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Heavenly Father, as now we deliver this, your word, Lord, I pray that you'll anoint us, hide us behind the cross. Lord, we are nothing, just mere empty words without your anointing. I pray that this word will go forth to touch our lives. We can become greater Christians, increase our faith, to pass this on to the next generation, to each one we meet, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Today, I'd like to talk on the topic, Truth or True? Or, my second title, You Hurt My Feelings. Truth or True? The place, the colonial home of Henry in eastern Virginia. He has friends over in his candlelit parlor when a faint scratching sound is heard beneath the floor. As it grows louder, we know that everyone hears it, although Henry pretends not to. Oh, there are the brief comments about ghosts, but Henry stretches and yawns and asks to be excused so that he might go to bed. Now, I've got to tell you, that's not the most subtle way of getting rid of your guests, but at least it is effective, for they soon leave. Not long after their departure, the noise is heard again along with the dragging sound just beneath the floor on which Henry stands. He reaches for a lantern and approaches a, a hidden trap door in the hallway floor. Pulling the ring that's attached, Henry opens it and peers down into the darkness of his cold, dark cellar. As he steps down, his lantern illuminates a lonely corner where a figure barely seen cringes in terror in the penetrating glow. Henry walks closer and the light bears down on a twisted, horrible face that snarls at him one moment and weeps uncontrollably the next. It is a face that is submerged in torment. It is the face of Henry's wife. Henry has lost count of the numerous times he's gone through this ritual of, of feeding and caring for his loved one who had gone mad and now lives submerged below the floor. It's almost too much for Henry to bear. 
the sight of his wife in her restraining jacket, her personal chains of bondage, the love of his life imprisoned through no fault of her own. Oh, on occasion he thought he, he would see just a faint glow in her face, reminiscent of happier normal times, but it would last for just a moment, after which the unimaginable horror returns. These are the visions that plague Henry's mind every night and day of his life. Now we can't be sure, but perhaps these images were on his mind that haunted him as he addressed the assembly the next day at St. John's Church, March 23, 1775. No, he was not the preacher. But listen to a portion of his words on that day. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The famous words of Henry, Patrick Henry, a man who saw firsthand what the chains of bondage will produce. So much did it haunt his mind that he truly meant it when he said, give me liberty or give me death. You see, death was a much more palatable option than to live in bondage. Give us freedom. You see, Patrick Henry, like all our founding fathers, lived in a world of upheaval. It was a time of treachery, a time of pain and upheaval. I know that we speak of the Civil War as the war against brother against brother, but this really was the first war of brother against brother. Father against son. For no less than the great Benjamin Franklin had a son who fought and sided with the British against his own father. Oh, it's often romantically remembered as the American Revolution, which of course it was, but that often hides the pain and misery that war often brings. A little more than a year after this famous speech, 56 men would heed that call and attach their name to the Declaration of Independence. An event which we celebrated this past week, this past Thursday. You know, it's kind of amazing when some of the talk show hosts asked different people from the street, uh, what did we celebrate July 4th? They knew we celebrated it, but many could not even give the reason why we take this time to celebrate. This was a risky move for them, and they knew very well it could spell their doom. Yes, these signers did take a huge risk in putting their names on a document that repudiated the government. And they had every reason to believe at the time that they might be hanged for it. But many other men and women risked and sacrificed so much, including some their very lives, to support the cause of freedom. Yes, the founders of this country and the people of our land suffered so much for the freedom that we enjoy today that we can be here and worship freely. But I have to tell you, as we look at our country today, we have a small taste of what they went through as tyranny and attacks against the principles that this country was founded upon are now blatant and frequent in our culture.
as we face these attacks, what can be learned from those who have gone on before us? I mean, what causes individuals that are faced with hardships and pain and oppression to hold fast to their beliefs and not allow their emotions to be altered by adversary? You see, it is true that life brings problems and heartaches at times. It is true that people and events hurt our feelings. But as Christians, our emotions should not be affected by what circumstances are true, but rather our emotions and our whole being should be affected by the truth. And there is a difference. And I want you to really understand the whole point of this sermon today, the difference between true and truth. Something is true because of facts or circumstances that are self-evident or proven as such. These are the facts that many times, most of the time, we have no control over. We establish what is true by observing what is happening in our world and even in the forces of our own lives. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, those true facts are not very pleasant. Many of the true facts that are now occurring in our country are unpleasant. As we see scandals in high places, attacks against basic Christian Judeo beliefs and morals. Christians are being maligned and ridiculed for their beliefs. And we face the fact that these events are true. Truth, on the other hand, is something from the true, often bad events that occur. Truth was defined in Scripture. Truth is the ultimate fact of what is eternally true. The absolute knowledge of God. Not just the temporary facts, but the eternal truth that will never change. Truth has its very embodiment in the life of Christ. You see, the circumstances may bring us down and it'll affect us. It may affect our feelings for the worst, but truth brings us back to a place where we can be victorious. True facts are often temporary, but truth is eternal. There's also a difference between feelings and emotions. Feelings are, are what we have as a result of outside forces upon us. That is why when someone is unkind to us or says something unkind to us, we respond, you hurt my feelings. Emotions, on the other hand, come from our state of mind. The thoughts that we breed in our soul based on our convictions and how to handle any situation. That is why people may hurt our feelings but you never hear anyone say, you hurt my emotions. Because our emotions should be built on something stronger than the temporary true facts of life that we must counter each day. This is exactly what Jesus was talking about in the passage of Scripture that we read earlier. In John the 8th chapter, verse 32. This is one of the most famous and yet most misunderstood verses in all of Scripture. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We see this verse on buildings and colleges. It's etched into the wall of the CIA's original main lobby and on the U.S. Supreme Court building in Washington. 
Yes, it's a very well-quoted verse, but do they or do we really understand the meaning of this truth? You see, what is truth is one of the greatest questions that has plagued human history throughout the ages. And it's one that needs to be answered. Even Pilate in John 18.38 asked the question, What is truth? The answer? Truth is when the word and the deed become one. Our founding fathers put their words into deeds. They didn't just talk about liberty. They lived it. And many gave their lives for it. It's kind of the expression, put your money where your mouth is. You see, talk is cheap. But when talk is backed up with action, we have the certainty of the truth of the words. And the ultimate truth is when the word became flesh and dwelt among us. I've got to tell you, John, the first chapter, which, by the way, we will be studying in our Wednesday night Bible studies, coming in fall, a little commercial there. But John, the first chapter, is one of the most amazing chapters. You know, you talk about the, um, the birth of Christ given in Matthew with the wise men and in Luke with the shepherds. But did you realize that John has a birth narrative in the first chapter? When it says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You see, real freedom stems from truth. And when you know the real truth, you are free indeed. I'm often amazed at the, the stories of, of the prisoners of war, particularly during the Vietnam era, the Christians that were imprisoned in Hanoi Hilton. If you're familiar with that, the very infamous, horrible prisoner of war there in Hanoi. And how they were confined in horrible conditions, and yet they survived and were free, not from their physical body, their physical body was still encased in that horrible prison. But they were free because of the truth that was held within them. Real freedom stems from truth. When you know the real truth, you are free indeed. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. No, not free from the true pains of life. Not free from the agony and misery sometimes that life throws at us. But free from hindrances to our emotions to our soul, to our state of mind. Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the truth and the life which sets us free. Psalm 46, 10, 11 that we read earlier says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's those first words, two words, be still. It means to let go. Let go of your concerns. Put your problems, your pains, the pains of life. Give them over to God. Know that through your faith in God, you have the truth, Christ Jesus, and it is the truth. Not the true circumstances that we are going through, which may be rough, but the truth, which is Christ Jesus, that sets us free. There are convulsions in nature. We had that tornado scare in Salisbury Monday. Do you remember that? Uh, Sue and I were in the, in the um, uh, Palmer building. And we went to the basement. 
The basement isn't the most luxurious. Um, I don't know if you've ever visited the um, basement of the Palmer Building. It's not the most luxurious condition, but it was kind of interesting, you know. Of course, it passed over. But, you know, uh, Christ was in a storm. Remember? Him and his disciples were out on the ship in in the sea. And he went to sleep. And then the storm came. When when his disciples roused him from, from his sleep, do you realize Jesus had more trouble calming his disciples than he did calming the sea? Peace be still. Let go of your fears. You see, they were afraid of the true circumstances of the storm when they should have let go of their fear. Be still. Because they had the very presence of the truth with them. Christ Jesus. The true circumstances created danger. But the truth created the calm. There are pains at times in our body, the bodies of our loved ones. Yes, it's true we have sickness in our bodies. We may have financial problems, family and friend problems. Yes, it is true that we lose loved ones from sickness or accidents. Yes, the physical pains of life hurt our feelings. But if we are founded upon the truth of Christ Jesus, they can never affect our emotions. Upon the solid rock of Jesus Christ, we stand through our pain. We stand through the loss of our loved ones. For our mind is set on the truth, and the truth sets our emotions to be free and happy in Christ Jesus. Yes, it's true that there are corruptions and scandals in our political institutions. Yes, it's true that there are increasing attacks against those of us that hold to any type of Christian value. Yes, this is true, and at times we are inclined to get discouraged, to become despondent with the world's situation, to let the hurts of life get us down. Yes, it's true that these things hurt our feelings. But if we truly believe what we say we believe, they can never hurt our emotions because they are built of stronger stuff. We're reminded of the words in John's letter, not his gospel, but his first letter, 1 John 4, 4, Greater is he that is in us, Jesus Christ, than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is within us, the very truth of Christ, than the true facts that the world is in the world. You see, we have often have misplaced priorities which lead to confusing and detrimental emotions. We think that the emotions of joy or happiness is often built up in wealth. Or we believe that if we can gain notoriety or popularity in society, we will experience emotions of pride and accomplishment and peace. But all of these things are built from outside forces that only affect our feelings. Oh, they may bring pleasure for a time, But they can never bring true emotional stability and peace and contentment. For what the world has to offer just touches the peripheral elements of who we really are. You see, our true selves are revealed in our mind, our heart, our soul. Who are you? We are what we trust and believe in. It is the shallow person that bends and twists in the winds of life's 
unexpected events. He's described in Psalm, the first chapter, verse 4, as the chaff which the wind drives away. Chaff is that outer shell or husk that must be removed to get at the valuable kernel of grain. Such an individual is constantly on an emotional roller coaster of ups and downs, never really stable. But that same psalm says, Blessed is the man or woman whose delight is in the law of the Lord. In that law, he or she meditates day and night. Such individuals are like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in its season. Whatever he or she does prospers. The song talks about real prosperity. It's not in the riches of the world or those who seek the earthly pleasures. Oh, they may be called prosperous by the worldly shallow standards, but blessed is the person who dwells and takes his delight in the truth, the laws of God and of Christ. You see, you are, who are you? You are what you build your trust and hope upon. Is your hope built on making money and having a good life? Is your hope built on achieving fame and glory? If it is, then you're like the chaff which the wind drives away. You will never experience emotional peace and joy in life. You'll be on that emotional roller coaster. But if your trust and hope is built on the truth which is Christ Jesus, then your emotions and your joy is on solid rock. You're steady through the good times. You're steady through the bad and horrible times of life. The date is January 21, 1797. And a baby boy is born in the rough city of London to parents who managed a pub. At an early age, he was often left on his own playing in the streets as his parents tended the bar. Now such a life no doubt caused him to see so many lives wasted in the pursuit of the pleasures of the world. He decided he wanted something better for himself and he was trained as a cabinet maker and worked many years in London. But even that did not satisfy him. And he later entered the ministry and pastored the Rehoboth Baptist Church in Horsham, West of Sussex for 26 years. He was liked so much by the congregation that he, they offered him the church building as a gift. His reply speaks volumes of where his trust and delight truly were. Edward Mote said, I do not want the chapel. I only want the pulpit. And when I cease to preach Christ, then turn me out of that. You see, his trust and hope was built on Christ, the solid rock, which inspired him to write that great hymn, My Hope is Built, based on the parable of the wise and foolish builders. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You know, it's important to think of the words of the songs that we sing. That's why I'm, I'm really excited about having this hymn sing next Sunday night. You know, so many of those gospel song words are so meaningful to us. Sometimes we, we, we go on automatic pilot, and I do that 
too. And sometimes we just go on automatic pilot as we sing the song. But it's important for us to really uh, listen to the words of the songs that we sing. And this song, verse 1, has some strange words. It says, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. What does that mean, not trusting the sweetest frame? You know, we often speak about our frame of mind. We talk about a bad frame of mind or a good frame of mind. But the frame of mind is often determined by the feelings that are imposed upon us by life. It may be tempting to trust the sweetest frame that the world has to offer, but not so for Edward Mode and not so for the true Christian. We are not tempted by the sweetest frame that comes our way, which is often to lure us for wealth or fame or fortune, but rather we wholly lean on Jesus' name. Be still. Let go of your concerns. Yes, I know that what is happening in our country today is most disturbing as we are losing the very principles upon which this country was founded upon. As our Judeo-Christian values are being stripped from society and those who hold them are being mocked and ridiculed. And i got to tell you, as a teacher, I am very well aware of some of the filth and distortions that are now being taught as true in our schools and universities. And at times, it's easy to get our feelings hurt or to get discouraged. Years ago, I attended a mass gathering of a men's group. You're, most of you are familiar with the Promise Keepers. It was in Washington, D.C. And one night as we were facing the platform, we were told to turn in our seats and face the federal buildings of Washington. And as I looked out over the city of our nation's capital, I silently said, Satan, you're not going to get our young people. You're not going to get our churches and our people. For what we have inside the truth of Jesus Christ is greater than anything you can throw at us. Psalm 47.10 Be still. Let go of your concerns and know that I am God. God is exalted. God will reign among the nations. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. We hold to the truth. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Truth or true? That's the question we all must ask. Do we build our emotions and our lives and the worldly pleasures and circumstances of life which are true but self-seeking? Or do we build it on the truth of Christ Jesus? On Christ, the solid rock. We stand through everything life throws at us. Heavenly Father, we know that life at times can be hard as we have pain in our bodies, loss of loved ones, and as we look oftentimes at the discouraging world situation. But Lord, this morning remind us of the truth of Christ Jesus. Greater is that truth than anything that the world can offer. Greater is that truth than anything the world can throw at us. For we are founded not upon the facts of life that come our way, but upon the truth of the eternal truth of Jesus Christ. Help us to take this truth, increase our faith, pass it to the next generation, and to live a life that all can see Christ living through us to everyone we meet.
In Jesus' name.